We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're a part of it because we really do mean that we're better together. As a matter of fact, our purpose statement is, are you ready for this? Finding God, giving, and doing life together. That's right. You guys are so good. Wow, you guys are getting it. And the great thing about our church is that we find God, we give hope, and we do life together. And as a matter of fact, that's the series that we're working on this morning. We're we're working in our purpose series, and today is the last part of our series. Uh, what's, What's the last part? Doing life together, that's right, that's right, I forgot. (laughs) Doing life together. And I'm really glad that I get a chance to do life with each and every one of you because I'm going to be honest, it it can be very difficult to do life alone. As a matter of fact, we're not called to do life alone, we're called to to do life together. And and right now I'm going to have ushers uh, make themselves available to pass out uh, this beautiful puzzle, uh, these pieces to you right now. So ushers, go ahead and make yourselves available. Go ahead and pass them out because I have this this beautiful puzzle that we designed right here. Uh, You can get a load of this real quick. Uh, Is it? Oh, I'm I'm doing something wrong. It's right on the board here. And it's a beautiful picture. It's a picture of our whole church standing right there for our last picnic. We got a big picture um, and and stuff at the top. It's wonderful. You're probably going to get somebody's picture, somebody's face or somebody's arm, you know, or somebody's left shoulder or a hand raised. You're going to get something and you might be one of those unlucky ones that gets grass. Sorry. There is some grass to be gotten. You know, there's some, there's some background to be gotten, but, but you're going to get somebody or you're going to get close to somebody and it's going to be right there. It's a beautiful picture when we look at what the church really is and, and what we really do together. As a matter of fact, it's, it's kind of amazing because, well, I mean, you know, each, each one of these pieces, each one of these pieces is, is pretty interesting. Um, as I look, hey, there you are, Jim. I got your picture right there. You're right there. And, and, and I, I got to be honest with you. I, I get a little nervous whenever I get around puzzles too. Speak, public speaking and puzzles today is like a culmination of all my fears. <laughs> because I, I, I have this personality type. I'm driven to make things fit and make things right. As a matter of fact, my kids came through my office this morning and because it's kind of dewy outside, they got grass all over their feet. They walked through my office and about five minutes before I was supposed to be in a meeting, I'm in the, my office vacuuming because I can't have grass on the floor. It's, it just drives me nuts. And so whenever I see all these puzzle pieces laying together, just like all, all sitting around, this is driving me crazy right now. And so I pick up one and I see, there you are, Jim. I found you again. Don't worry. I got you, buddy. And I, I, I see pieces like this and I'm driven to try to find where they fit. Mia, is that you? Yeah, I got you, Mia. And, 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 so, and so I try to make them fit. It doesn't fit. Um, I think I can make this work. There. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> you see, I, I made it fit kind of. It doesn't really because if I, well, it, it, 
it, it messed up. I, you know, I could probably spend some more time putting this together. And, and I'm going to be honest with you because the, each one of us as believers in Christ are like this puzzle. You know, there's, there's a strategy uh, about doing puzzles. You know, I, I didn't do any research. I kind of intuitively know this. You, you find the corner pieces, right? Because you know there's four of those, right? And, 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 then, and then you can find the edge pieces and you can work along the edge building it. And, and then you can kind of start feeling in and you look at the picture and, and okay, there's grass and, and you kind of pull all the grass together. See what I'm saying? Or, or maybe there's a, another strategy to, to do. Maybe you just find all the dark pieces, you know, like the background pieces, and you find all the people pieces and kind of put all those together and, and you start kind of working like that in groups. You know, there's probably lots of different ways, lots of different strategies to, to, to do puzzle pieces together. The, the truth is, is that this church is made up of nothing but puzzle pieces. Each one of you has a, has a puzzle piece. Each one of you is a piece of the puzzle. Who do I have? I have a background. Nobody. I mean, it really was nobody. I mean, <laughs> no. I, wow, none of these. There's grass again. I got somebody here. Greg Strider? I think that's Greg Strider. I don't know. Anyway, uh, the, the crazy thing is, though, is this is that if each one of you is a, a piece of the puzzle, have you ever put a puzzle piece together or a puzzle together and you got almost all the way done and you're missing a piece? How frustrating is that? I mean, if that happens in my house, there's big problems. It's like turning the living room over, like moving furniture around, trying to hunt and find, because I really, I need like completion in my life. I need things to, to like be complete, to be whole, to be together. And it really robs me of, of peace if I'm missing a piece. It literally robs me of peace. Just P-I-C-E-I -E before E, except after C. So you know what I'm saying. See, the problem is this, though, is that each, if each one of you has a piece of the puzzle, then, then we all have to work together to put the puzzle together. And if, and if, and if somebody is down here and, and you're holding a, a piece of the puzzle and you just decide, you know what, uh, I know I'm part of this church. I mean, I attend, but I, I really... I've really been struggling to find where I fit. I, I really have been struggling to find where I go. And it just, no matter how many times I look, I, I can't make things fit together. I mean, I've tried to serve in the nursery, but let's be honest, ain't nobody fit really in there sometimes. I don't know, I've known several of you that would fit in, no, anyway. The problem, though, is that we can search for a long time and try to find our fit and maybe even try to make it work, but we really know down deep in our hearts that 
that it just doesn't fit. And sooner or later, sooner or later, we just stop trying. We, we stop trying because we haven't found our fit. We, we have this piece of, our, of the puzzle in our hands and we know that we belong in the church. We know that we're supposed to do something in the church, but, but it's been hard for us to try to find where we go. And so maybe you have a strategy. Maybe you decide, well, we're, I'm just gonna see how many people are like me and I'm gonna find myself. That's okay. You're going to see who's kind of like you, and then you're going to go serve with them. That's fine. Or, or maybe you have this other strategy that you look around and you say, okay, what are the needs in the church? And whenever I see the needs of the church, like the edges, the edge piece, then I, I, can, I know that that needs to be filled in, and I think I can do that. And you have that strategy. That's great. That's fine. But, but I'm going to be honest with you. There, there's a lot of people that, that you, just, you just say, you know, I know I've got this piece and it's important and I want to complete the puzzle, but if I just hold on to it, then somebody's going to come and get me. Somebody's going to, somebody's going to reach out and say, Thelma, let me see your piece here. Do you, you got your piece? Don't put it away. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't fit. I'm sorry. You have to stay there. <laughs> See, the problem is, is, is you're waiting on somebody to call you down and see if your puzzle piece fits. And if it doesn't, you just sit down and, and you just relax and, 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 and you wait for the next call. But, it, you know, if we do that in our, as our strategy, it just kind of, it gets boring. And we don't find the purpose that God has called us to fulfill. I gotta be honest with you. I know exactly how this feels in my life. I've moved around a lot. You know, even whenever I was a kid, I moved around. I went to like eight different schools. By the time I got out of high school, it was because of my dad's job. Um, and, and I was always in a position where I had to make friends really fast and it was kind of uncomfortable and awkward. And I, I figured out strategies to try to make friends. But as it turns out, I just, no matter where I go to this day, I feel awkward. <laughs> But it's, it's really not about me. It's about how I can minister and how my life can be used to minister to others. And, and, then, and then it's about other people and how, how their life can be used to minister to me. And that's kind of how God has put us all together. I, I know about this even this weekend. My, my wife and my daughter went to the daughter's conference Anybody go to the daughter's conference this past week? Oh, wow. Yeah, lots of, lots of ladies went to the daughter's conference. Even a gentleman. We'll talk later, sir. No, I'm just joking. I didn't see any hands. That's a joke. And they left me with all the boys <laughs> to my own devices. <laughs> and, uh, and they're all t alive to my knowledge. Okay. <laughs> It was fun. I had a great time uh, watching the boys and being with the boys, but, but I'm going to be honest with you. It didn't work out great because I was trying to fulfill my wife's role and I got tired of doing that. So I just stopped trying to fulfill her role and we didn't bathe until mama was about to get back. I accidentally forgot, true story, I accidentally forgot my son's medication um, in the morning, uh, hit little, you know, antibiotics that you're supposed to take 10 days, twice a day. One of the, I'm sure it'll probably work out. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I, I, I covered the basics, but my wife and my daughter walked in and they, they looked around and we did a real quick clean. Any guys out there know how to clean real quick right before the wife comes in? And some of you guys are like, you need to man up. I was like, you have not met my wife. And, and we did a real quick clean, but then my wife and daughter came in, they see this kind of clean house and they look around and they say, and I'm not even joking, this is what they said. It smells better when we're here. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? That's hurtful. That was unnecessary. And so I'm grateful and I'm thankful that my wife and my daughter fulfill a role in, in our home and in our family where, where what they do matters and, and, and it makes us better. I'm thankful that I don't have to serve that role. I'm thankful that my daughter serves her role and, and my sons who both of them, they, they've got very minor roles right now, but they make big messes. I, I love my family and I'm thankful for that. But God has called each one of us to be in his family and serve a purpose. And that's really what I want to talk about today. The fact that we are called to do life together. We're called to do life together in such a, a beautiful way to fulfill the purpose that God has for each one of us. You know, the other day I was, I was speaking to a couple of volunteers uh, here at Christ Legacy. Uh, these people, uh, they've been attending Christ Legacy for just a little bit over a year. And um, now they are just all-star volunteers. And I love speaking with them, but one of the things that they said blew me away. I was just astounded. I was floored when I heard what they had to say. They said, you know, when we first came to Christ's legacy, we saw all these wonderful programs. We saw all this great stuff that was happening at our church. And we wanted to be a part of that. But as they looked around, they couldn't find a place to serve. They, they looked around and they... They, they didn't see an end. They didn't think that we needed anybody anywhere. They felt like everything was done. And when I heard that, my heart was broken because the truth of the matter is, is that we are a mess and we need you. We need you. We need what you have. We need the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the calling and the, and the love that you have that God has put inside of you to integrate into who we are and to turn around and to serve each other and serve this community. God has not called us to do life alone and each one of us has the opportunity and the responsibility to connect to find you a place here and to begin to serve other people. We need to serve just as much as other people need to serve us. And if we're going to be honest, it would be so easy to do that because once you, once you get a taste of what it is like to be a part of the family of God, you don't ever want to turn around. You don't want to turn back. You, you want to stay in that thing, except the fact that there is a devil out there. See, the Bible tells us that there 
is a devil that is, well, Paul says, or Peter says it just perfectly. First Peter chapter five, starting verse eight, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a what? Looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And as I read that passage of scripture, I'm, I recall this documentary I saw about the way lions hunt. And it's true. I saw this this documentary, lions are, are in the grass. There's about three or four of them. And they got their eyes on this herd of zebras. And you know what? They, they, the problem is, is that they can't single out a zebra because of the stripes all, all over them. And so what they have to do is they, they, they run straight into the herd. They're not trying to get one. They're just trying to divide the herd. And they get that herd divided by running straight into it. And then, and then they turn around and they find the slower part of that herd. And then they start running towards the back and they find the back of the herd. And then they, they single out the one that's in the back of the slow herd. And then they just wear them out until, until they can't run anymore. And then they just jump on them and, and begin to tear them up. And the crazy thing is, is that's the same kind of strategy that the enemy has for us in our life. See, we are powerful together. God has designed us to live life together. And when we stand together, united as a church, there's not one thing that the devil can do against us. The gates of hell will not prevail. But if he runs straight at us and brings division and separates people off and looks for the people that are, that are hurting or they're tired or they're weak and begins to entice them and tempt them away and wear them out and bring hurt and bitterness into their life against the church or against the pastor or against other people. And they find themselves alone and isolated when they used to be a part of the family of God. And the enemy devours them. I've seen it happen in students' lives. I've seen it happen in adults' lives. This is a play out of the enemy's playbook. And he plays for keeps. And that's why I want to tell somebody this morning that, that we must be, number one, devoted together. Devoted together. From the very beginning, God has an intention of us coming together united as one. As a matter of fact, he, he has called us to do this since the very creation of the world and the creation of man. Six times through the record history of Genesis, the creation, God looked at his creation and said it was good. When you and I say something is good, we think, oh, that's, oh, that's all right, that's good, that's acceptable. When God says something is good, it's just like he wanted. Exactly what he envisioned. And he said that his creation six times was exactly like he envisioned. And then he created Adam. And he said, it's not good. Go figure, right? All the ladies in the house said, amen. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. Genesis 2, 18. So he created a helper for him, Eve. 
Now, whenever I say the word helper, there's probably some ladies in here that the culture has, has twisted the idea of what it means to be a helper. Means in your mind maybe subservient or, or second fiddle or uh, secondary to, to the support to the main person. But that's not what the Bible is saying. And let me help you with the context of what this passage of Scripture means. Because when we read helper in other places in the Bible, like Psalm chapter 33, verse 20, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. That word help is azer. That word help that describes Eve is azer. Psalm 70, verse 5, But as for me, I am poor and needy. Please hurry to my aid, O God. You are my helper and my Savior, O Lord. Do not delay. Psalm 124, verse 8, Our help, our Azar, is from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. I need to tell you, I need to remind you, somebody, that, that your role as helper is not subservient or secondary. You are called to do exactly what God has called himself to do, to be our helper, to be our aid. And as a matter of fact, I'm no longer just talking about marriage, but because God has called each one of us to come alongside of each other and help to love, to serve, to give, to devote ourselves in a real meaningful way. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 13, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Have you ever told some, uh, a kid to go do something and they just like, okay, okay, whatever. It's like, that's like worse than not doing it. It's like, whenever I tell you to do something, boy, I want you to put a smile on that face. I want you to say, yes, sir. That didn't happen very often. We're still working on that one. <laughs> Rejoice in confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Over and over and over in scripture, we realize that our devotion should be together, not individualistically. I, I, I think I, I can go in the mountains and I can, I can feel connected to God through nature, but God hasn't called me to live out in the mountains. In nature, he's called me to form a community called the church together that we are not supposed to forsake gathering together. He's called us together. As a matter of fact, when we look at the early church, from the very inception of the church, God has called us together. Acts 2, 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. I love this because... We are called together to listen to teaching. We're called together to fellowship. We're called together to eat meals. Somebody say hallelujah to that one. And we're called to come together in prayer. That's our calling. That's what God wants to do in our lives. That's what the picture looks like. This building is not the picture. 
This is the picture. This is what the puzzle looks like. Standing next to each other, loving each other, serving each other, joining each other in genuine affection, being ready to offer help and hospitality. That's the picture of the church. It's the picture that we're supposed to look like. But I got to tell you, some of y'all look a little different. I, I mean that in the best, most positive way imaginable. You're, you're different. I know I'm different. I, I look different. I feel different. I feel awkward sometimes. I feel lonely sometimes. I feel weird most of the time. But we're called to be different together. If you're sitting next to somebody that looks different, just turn to them and say, well, never mind. Oh, let's go ahead and say it. Say amen. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? See, this is not just a happy coincidence that you are different. This is the exact way that, that the Lord has called you to be. He's created you to be different. And that's the, the way that he chooses to manifest himself to the world through you, through me, through different kind of people. He desires that we come together in a sense of unity where we are not all the same, but we are all equally important and valuable. He hasn't called us to, to look the same, to dress the same, to have the kind of same accent, to kind of have the same pigmentation, to have the same anything. He has called us to be different, unique. Some translations use the word peculiar people. But why? That difference doesn't make us weaker the difference is the thing that brings unity and it makes us stronger together. You don't even like you most of the time. Why do you want all of us to be just like you? Variety and beauty go hand in hand. See, we coordinate together to hand deliver hope to this community, we coordinate together to stand firm against the attacks and the lies of the enemy against this community. We, we coordinate together so that we can walk in love and in strength and speak truth to see things spiritually, to do things spiritually so that people can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And as Christ being the head of this body, you and I are called to walk in coordination and in unison, to be together in unity. See, Paul continues to declare in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is part of it. That is why we are called to do life together. 
We're called to do life together in unison, in coordination, and in unity. See, this, this is the only way that the Bible makes sense. It's the only way that, that our walk with Christ makes any kind of sense. Trying to walk with God without other Christians next to us, it doesn't work. And God help you if you ever have to try. Because this, this life can feel lonely. It can, it can feel, it can make you feel isolated. It can tear you away from real connection and real relationships. And that's not what God has called us to be like and to feel like. See, I, I believe that there's even people here today, this morning, in this room, or maybe joining us online. That when you walk into a crowded place, even in this church, you can feel isolated. You can feel lonely. You can feel like you are like one of these pieces of puzzle that you're there, but you're not connected, not joined. You're not fulfilling any kind of purpose. And if we're going to be real honest, sometimes the church is not very good at helping people connect with each other. As a matter of fact, some people can hear the, the truth that we're, we're different, we're a little bit weird, maybe, maybe even come to a church at one point and, and somebody was kind enough to tell you that we were different. And, and it, it hurts your feelings. And you know that you were different. You, you know that God's created you differently than he's created other people. You can feel it inside of yourself. And whenever somebody confirmed it out loud, it hurts you, it cuts you. And so now you, you try to avoid relationships. You try to avoid integrating into the church or connecting with other people because it hurt. But I need to tell somebody today that God has masterfully created you. You are not a mistake. And he's given you exactly what he wants you to have so that you can minister in an exact kind of way to the body of believers and to a hurting, lost, and dying world. Amen. And that hurt that you feel, I'm sorry that you felt it. And if you let the Lord, he can come in and he can heal you of that hurt. But I want to welcome you, all that you are, all that you, all of you that feel you are isolated and lonely and you're different, welcome home. Amen. Welcome to Christ's legacy. God has made us different. We have a different and a unique calling to find him, to give hope and to do life together. See, the one thing that is the same, the one thing that is the same for all of us is that we are passionately pursuing Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we're worshiping together, that we're fellowshipping together. We're breaking bread, including the Lord's Supper. We're praying together. That's the one thing. You see, because when we join together, we are powerful together. We are powerful together, and it just makes logical sense because the, the, the smartest king in, in the word of God, Solomon, he, he told, tells us in Ecclesiastes 4.12, it just, just makes sense. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, 
I think I said three, I can count three, are even better. For a triple braided cord is not even easily broken. See, it just makes logical sense that we join together and we're more powerful and stronger than when we are separated. But watch this, there's a spiritual sense that this makes. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 through 20, I already read it this morning. Jesus said, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I'm there among them. Amen. You see, we're, we're powerful together because when we come together, Jesus is there. And the Bible, whenever I read the Bible and I see the life of Jesus, I see that anywhere that he goes, a miracle has either just happened, is about to happen, or just happened. And I want to be the kind of church where Jesus shows up and miracles are a regular occurrence in the house of God. Where people are healed, where people are saved, where people are delivered from all sorts of addictions and bondage, where families are put back together and loved ones come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because it makes a difference who you serve. An eternal difference. So, I need to tell you something. The real question today, the real question is that, are you frustrated? Do you feel let down or discouraged? Do you feel all alone and isolated? You feel like you're called to be a part of the body of Christ, but you feel like you come here and you never make that kind of, of connection. You never feel like you really truly belong. I need to tell you something today. There's strategies that you can use to actually connect, to actually feel like you belong here at Christ's Legacy. As a matter of fact, if you're here this morning, we want you to belong. We want you to be a part of us. See, the first strategy is becoming a Christian. Becoming a Christian. I don't say that lightly because the truth of the matter is is that there's probably people in our community or maybe even people here that like the idea of church. You like the idea of community. You like the idea of loving each other and helping each other. But we're not a community for the sake of being a community. We're not a group therapy session we're not, a, we're not a project. We're not self-help people. We are blood-bought. We are washed. We are redeemed. And we've been grafted into the body of Christ. And we're together because we love the same Lord. And the same Lord loves us. And he's empowered us with his Holy Spirit. And he's redeemed us and he's changed us from the inside out. And he's calling us his. And we call him ours. And it doesn't work unless you actually submit your life to Christ Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. That means that you need to repent of all of the things that you've ever done wrong. You need to turn your back on your old way of doing things and begin to walk away from it all. Lose it all. 
That's right. Lose it all. Because when you die to yourself and when you, you're sorry for who you used to be and you turn and you look into the Lord's beautiful face and you ask him to forgive you and be the Lord of your life, then you can be a child of God. Then you can have real community. But you can't have it before that. Not before you come to him on his terms. Next is joining a legacy life. This is Christ's legacy's literal way that we try to practice being together as a family. That we come together, that we, that we eat and we, we pray and, and we, we listen and we talk about life and and what the Lord is speaking to us and, and, and what the Lord's doing in our families. I celebrate birthdays. When somebody's sick or having a problem, we, we have a problem too and we try to help. That's what the real church looks like, the early church. I, I don't know what kind of church that you come from. I don't know what kind of experience that you used to have. But church is not a Sunday morning event. I don't know if you know that or not. Church, church is about doing life together. And when we come together and we fellowship, we break bread, we love, we serve, we give. It's more than just an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's about life. That's how you find connection. And that's how we try to offer it at Christ's legacy. Number three, we, we volunteer together. See, God has given each one of you gifts and abilities. And they're not just so that you can enjoy them. You remember that commercial like 20 years ago? It says, but I've got a brilliant personality. You remember that? You can have a brilliant personality, but it's not for you. It's to serve other people. You can take that brilliant personality and open the door for somebody. Hand them a cup of coffee. You can take all that patience that you've learned because you've been through more than, you know you've been, more than, been through more than anybody here. And you can serve in our nursery where you need that kind of patience. Somebody say, man, there's our nursery coordinator right there. Melanie, she's gonna be in the foyer signing you up. The skills, the gifts, the talents are not yours. They're on loan from God. And it's time for you to give them back. Give them back through volunteering and serving in the church. Give them back in your home by serving your spouse, your kids. Young people, if you're here, you're not exempt. You are called and you have a high purpose to participate in this beautiful thing we call the family of God. And it's time for young people to be involved here. See, God is doing something beautiful at Christ's legacy. And I'm just glad that we get to be a part of it, amen? Would you stand with me all over this place?
See, I've been thinking and praying for this moment all week long because I know that God is doing something in somebody's heart and life. I know that there's hurting and needing and people that are needing change this morning. You're here because you were invited by your best friend. If you're a guest, or maybe you just met them, but can I tell you something that if you just met somebody that invited you to church, they're better than the best friend you ever thought about having because they brought you somewhere where, where your life is about to be blessed by God. Maybe there's those of you that are not guests, but you've been here for a while this morning. And as painful as it is to admit this, to this day, when you walk into this place, you still don't feel like you are, are fitting together with your piece of the puzzle. So the question is this, perhaps you're here this morning and the thing that's keeping you from feeling connected is the fact that you are not connected with the Lord. Maybe you have never made a connection. Maybe you have never asked him to come and be the Lord of your life. Or perhaps it's been a while and you've allowed things to come between you and him. You will not feel connected to this body of believers until you are connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray God that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would be moving down each and every row and touching each and every heart in life. Lord, those that have joined here today that are hurting and they need you and they are, don't feel connected to you, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would draw them by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I want to ask you a simple question. You're here this morning and you don't feel connected, but you're ready to be connected to Jesus again or for the first time. If that's you, would you simply slip up your hand this morning? I'm looking all around. Thank you. I'm looking all around, looking and waiting for that hand to be raised. I'm looking all around. I see one. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this hand that was raised. Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow them to feel fully connected and integrated into, into you, Lord. Lord, remove every sin, every shame, every guilt, everything, Lord, that feels like it's separating him from your loving kindness, which is better than life. I pray, God, that you would walk with him as he puts his hand in yours. Hallelujah. This morning, I would like to call all of our church to make a commitment together. To make a commitment, not just together, but make a commitment to do life together. So if you're here this morning and you'd like to participate, you'd like to publicly announce that you're committing that you're gonna do life together as a church, would you step out from your seat wherever you are Take your puzzle piece with you and walk down to this altar area. We're gonna end the church service agreeing together as we stand next to each other. Would you step out from everywhere you are and come on down? 
There's puzzle pieces all over the ground down here. Just be careful not to step on anybody's face. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not gonna ask for us to collectively put together the puzzle. <laughs> I wanna eat lunch too. Praise the Lord. That's all right. Would you guys step up just a little bit? We need a little bit more room. That's all right. I had mouthwash this morning. It's fine. I, I don't know who this is. Thelma, do you know who that is? Um, uh, me neither. She doesn't have her glasses on, she said. Well, I, I can't tell who it is, but I've got somebody here. And I'm going to be praying for whoever this is because they're missing a large portion of their face. <laughs> this is beautiful. This is the way that God has intended for us to live our life together. Standing next to each other, loving one another, supporting each other. Interested in the way that we do life together. God has called you not just to attend a church service. He's called you to be the church. So this morning, as I pray, would you just hold this piece of puzzle symbolically in your hand as if this is who you are and dedicate yourself by saying, Lord, Wherever you call me to fit, I will put it there and I will fit. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this wonderful opportunity to join together as a church family, part of the family of God. What a privilege it is. What a privilege it is, Lord Jesus. Lord, and that you beautifully created us to be unique and to have a unique place in service as part of your body, Lord, to serve others. Lord, I pray, God, that he, as each unique person in this place, Lord, I pray that we would dedicate ourselves to finding exactly where you've called us to be, where you called us to fit, and placing our peace down collectively finding that ministry, finding that department, finding that, that station, finding a, a, a thing to do to bless others in your, in your church and in this community. Lord, don't let us be comfortable where we are, but Lord, instead, let us find purpose in you. Let us find purpose in serving each other. We commit this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to ask you a question. What would it look like if every person at Christ's Legacy decided that they were going to live as a church family, to do life together? How would you change? How would things be different in your life? Would you invite people to your house? 
Maybe not. You just bring takeout. <laughs> it's all right. Not everybody's called to cook. I love the cooks, though. Things would look different. People would begin to look different to you. Because we're not trying to look like each other. We're trying to look like what God has created us to be. To serve, to love, to give. And genuine affection. Authentic relationship. It doesn't matter what you look like or what you sound like. It matters that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that you love each other just like you love yourself. And when we do that, this community would change. This church would change. Your homes would change. If you believe that, say amen. Lord Jesus, help us to be that church. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's be together, better together.